0: Hey Gather, Grow, Go family, it's Pastor Melissa, and as we continue in this journey of prayer and learning to go deeper in our prayer lights together, today's practice is silence, which may seem a bit counterintuitive of how do you pray using silence, but it's actually a powerful way. Because it reminds us in our own humanity. Um, I am someone who loves to hear my own voice speak. But God has decided and desired to be in relationship with me. And that's something worth listening to. And the way that I love to practice silence, I use the story of Mother Teresa as my basis for it. There's a story of a a um, young journalist who went to see Mother Teresa to ask her about her prayer life so he could write an article on it. And he asked Mother Teresa, what do you pray when you pray to God? What do you say? Mother Teresa just kind of shrugged and said, not much. And so the young man thought, oh, it's Mother Teresa. I have the perfect question. Okay, then what does God say to you? And she shrugged and she said, not much. And I think that's a powerful example of what happens in practicing silence is prayer, is we're not expecting anything from God other than God to be present with us. And we're not needing, expected by God to show up in some perfect picture way to have the perfect words to say to God, other than to say, I care enough to spend time with you. So silence as a prayer practice is a reminder of presence with the Holy. And it's a reminder that we're called not just to speak to God, but also to listen for God, whether or not God shows up in the breaking of clouds or in the still quiet place doesn't really matter, but simply that we were willing to listen for where God might be moving in our lives. So when I practice silence, I choose to go to a space where I won't be interrupted um, and I go to a space where I can be comfortable if you've got a good chair. Um, I even like to practice silence outdoors if you live somewhere where um, there's not too much noise going around and I find a comfortable place. I will often close my eyes um, and try to retreat into that deep place of the inner soul. And I'll set a timer. Not every time, but most times. Um, And sometimes I'll set that that timer for simply two minutes. Uh, Because believe it or not, if you haven't practiced silence before, two minutes of silence can feel like an eternity. Um, And when I'm practicing silence regularly, I'll practice it for 10 minutes at a time. That's it. Simply going to be present with my God for two to 10 minutes once a day. And in that, I'm communicating to God. All I want is to be around your presence. And the theological thing that happens for me when I practice this silence is one, it reminds me to be silent in other places, to listen for the voice that isn't speaking up. And it also reminds me to know that feeling of what that presence of God is like so that I don't miss it when I go about busyness of my days.
1: To the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
0: I'm Pastor Melissa.
1: And I'm Just Kiefer. And today on the podcast, we are continuing in this season of prayer by looking at silence.
0: So Kiefer and Daniel, have y'all practiced silence before as a prayer practice?
1: Not consistently. So yeah. the, the closest I get, I mean, I will have done it and will do it periodically, but not as a consistent practice. Um, I have found for me that the breath prayer we talked about last week mm-hmm. uh, does a better job of helping me open up. Yeah. But also not allowing the, the hamster wheel of my mind to just get going and going and going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that is the struggle often with just true silence. Uh, I can often tag a period of silence. Like you talked about two minutes, five minutes at the uh-huh. end of a breath prayer season. Right. So if it's five minutes of breath prayer and then silence, but I have to have some activity to get me into the silence before the mind will calm itself enough to truly be in the presence of God. And that's a really good point
0: that like, Silence doesn't have to be the first thing that you do. And with a lot of these practices we've talked to about already, there's so many of them that you can mix and match together. Like you might start your day scan practice of reflecting back Mm. over your day. And then after you reflected back over your day, use those gratitude places in your breath prayer to name God kind Mm. of thing. And for the places you weren't grateful for in the day, release those things back to God. Right. (laughs) Keeper, what about you?
2: I, I think Daniel hit hit it on the head for me too with the uh, not consistently because every every so often I'm always like, I it's been I can't remember the last time I just was still and I'll have to just do it for like, you know, 10 minutes and I'll do it, you know, a couple days in a row and then get back into the swing of things. And I think that the thing about silence, especially in today's kind of uh mindset, like in in what all of our mindset is, is we we have to lend our time to something and it's gotta be efficient. Like it has to have a, fu- a function, it has to have a purpose, it has to have a goal. And the thing about silence is that it seems just completely like it's not even that you're wasting time cause you're not, cause if I waste time, I watch TV. Like I, wa- I do, <laughs> I'm still doing something. I'm doing something yeah. to avoid doing something. But silence is the most just unproductive you can be which kind of is just goes <laughs> so against maybe our uh, what we're kind of I, I mean programmed I guess to like yeah to do we're, we're always trying to move forward we're always trying to do something um, even when we're trying to not do something so but
0: what a gift in this like crazy time of quarantine <laughs> to like choose to be unproductive
2: <laughs> right yeah it's a it's a bit it's still like I've I've even practiced it before and then afterwards been like that was pointless like I've I've Mm. I did like I didn't totally did not get the purpose for I'll admit that it's like I I'll do it and then go I mean yeah I feel I feel good I feel maybe more in touch with this moment but also I'm you know 10 more minutes behind than I could have been you know for Mm. (laughs) for this thing that I want to do today or you know and it's it's easy to um to just fall right back into this to into the swing of things and and Lose the presence that you gain from from doing it. Um, that only happened like once or twice, where I was actually just angry. Like afterwards, I was like, "Huh, I could have just been meaningless. Meaningless, meaningless. life <laughs> <Right>. is meaningless." <laughs> um, is I've meaningless. done
0: uh, like you know, last week we talked about how like breath prayer could be one of those like reentries to connection with the body of prayer, and I've even done things of yoga prayers where like mm. there's practices of certain flows, and you stop and say the psalms and certain poses and stuff, and um, I think that is even easier for a lot of us than the concept of like silence is prayer yeah. in our culture. Because you're still being productive because you're getting the exercise in while you're also praying. Kind
2: yeah. Of.
1: <laughs> well, and I love that we have landed on the cultural influences in the midst of this, right? Because yeah. we, in many ways, um, are deeply influenced. Some, sometimes in ways we can name and sometimes in ways we can't name. Uh, By the cultures that we are grown up in, right? And and why, Mm -hmm. where we have been formed and informed in, and the silence seeks to strip that away. Uh, But, but often as Mother Teresa said, right? What does God say to you? Not much. Yep. Right. Uh, and so sometimes, you know, Kiefer, I was really proud of you for a second there because you were sounding a whole lot like a three, we got to get stuff oh. done and we got to succeed and we got to, you know, you know, it, so, but well, that is part I, for of. for
2: me personally, I'm sure you do that more often for me personally, I fall into the other It's like un, being productively unproductive thing where I just binge a Netflix show or I do like, even when I'm, for me, it's even when I'm not doing, something that's genuinely productive and efficient for my life, I'm still it's still for the purpose of like doing something. Like it's still for the mm. purpose of getting something done. I'm still distracted. I'm still not, you know, so so yeah. But so we're maybe on the opposite sides, but it's the same coin.
1: <laughs> same coin. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well
1: and, and and I think silence gives us an invitation. I mean, so a couple of weeks ago we had Easter, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Easter, you know, this COVID 19 pandemic thing, you know, began back at the first of the year, but really kind of hit our collective consciousness and deeply impacted our day-to-day beginning in the season of Lent, right? Mm -hmm. Uh in the middle of March, we all moved into this social distancing lockdown thing. And in ministry we had to sort of reimagine how we're going to do ministry and how we're going to become televangelists. And I mean, (laughs) not that we're actually televangelists. (laughs) Um,
2: that's not but, what I signed up for. Well, no, <laughs> not what
1: I signed up for either. And so, you know, but how do we, how do we flip the model of ministry in, in, in a couple of weeks that keeps people connected in the midst of their grief and their uncertainty and their worry and their anxiety. And, you know, we had one of our church members use the language of that, you know, when their boat feels like they are adrift in the sea in this season, the church has been the anchor that keeps them there. And, not, I was like deeply moved by, by that possibility. I thought it was like, Holy cow, we may be doing something right, but the pressure to then have to be the anchor yeah. for everybody. Right. Um, which at the end of the day, Daniel, it's not our pressure. <laughs> it, you know, we are conduits that help God be the anchor, right. It's, it's not truly the church, but we have to make choices. And so, you know, I rewrote my Easter sermon. We planned Easter four times, and I rewrote the Easter sermon four times. At least
0: four times. At (laughs) least
1: four times. There's, Oh, man. But it wasn't until I could be silent with it that I was able to hear the whisper of God naming what it was that was unsettled with the first three drafts right? Which would have been fine Easter sermons, but terrible COVID Easter sermons. Does that make sense? Because they weren't true to the heart of of me as a pastor, the heart of our people right now, the heart of where God was in the midst of it. And, and so, you know, I had spent all of Lent this season that's supposed to be reflective, running on the treadmill, right? Trying to get it all done and, and make sure everything is, you know, all our ducks are in a row and do we get our PPP paperwork in on time and all this kind of stuff? Um, but it wasn't until silence came that one of the three biggest things I do every year, the Easter sermon could finally take its form. And its form was radically different than I would have predicted two weeks before, or even five days before when I was on draft number two. Right. <laughs> um, and so even in a culture that is always go, go, go. And even when there's that part within us that, that, you know, pushes toward go, 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 whether it's go into distraction in the face of adversity or go into a different kind of distraction um, it, in the yeah. silence, there's an opening up that happens that says, Hey, God's like, you may not be fully aware of this, but I'm fully aware of this. Right.
0: It's that space that we could hear God uh, speak. And I think that's, uh, you know, I I think of um, the the passage where, and God wasn't in the earthquake or God Mm, wasn't in the fire fire, that raged or, you know, or on the, in the wind that like blew through or whatever. And the like, classic translation of that passage the most like familiar but god was in the still small voice mm-hmm. um I, we translated that in our hebrew class um and man like i got choked up when um, a person in my class uh, translated it because that's not really a good translation um the mm-hmm. best translation i have ever heard was from a classmate and she said god was in the deafening silence Mm. And I think there's something so powerful about that God does show up in those spaces where there are no words exchanged, but you walk away, you walked away with an Easter sermon. And I think in silence, people walk away, Mm. not every time. Um, but sometimes you walk away with that, that piece of who God has been in that deepest, most true place of who you are.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it happens as fully or easily in more verbal oriented spiritual practices, Hmm. right?
0: Absolutely. And if you're going to engage in the silence practice that we have just laid out, that is maybe one of the hardest types of practices to practice before Daniel allows us to get out of here or give you an invitation, I've got two pro tips for you. If this is one that you want to engage with. One is I imagine like Kiefer, Daniel and myself have all expressed at some point on this podcast and probably this one today is that. Sometimes our minds are going crazy with the to-do lists. And so if you go to practice silence and the to-do list comes up and you try to push it away, oftentimes you can feel guilty about it or frustrated by it. And eventually you just give in to the prayer list or into the, not the prayer list, into the to-do <laughs> list. But instead... If those thoughts come in your mind of I need to do laundry, I need to do this at 2pm, whatever it may be, treat them like the clouds of the sky. Acknowledge that they are there. And just like the clouds of the sky, you can't hold on to them. You can't control them. You simply acknowledge that they're there and you let them pass by. So give yourself that grace, especially in the early practices, because the thoughts will come. And the second is is to know that when I close my eyes to go somewhere to retreat away, I visualize a space for me that is holy. So if there's a holy space that you can go to, that you can paint in your mind's eye to sit and be present with God in, know that God will meet with you there. You don't just have to go to the blackness of the great unknowing of your mind to meet with God. So those are my two pro tips.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel. I'm Pastor
0: Melissa.
2: And I'm just
1: Keeper. Your invitation is to embrace this silence and see if you can open your spirit and your soul. To, to hear from God, even when it may feel like God's not saying much. Uh, my pro tip is to embrace white noise. It's okay. Uh, if you need rainymood.com to have thunderstorms going in the background to kind of wash out the distractions, go for it. Because really, it's, it's about stilling your mind, not as, nearly as much as your ears. So embrace Silence. Practice it two minutes at a time and and be okay with two minutes feeling like a century. It is okay. Try it two minutes at a time. And then if you find yourself next Monday having practiced six days of two minutes at a time, getting ready for whatever our next prayer practice is going to be next week, maybe even try to go to 10 and just see. Go to 10 with no judgment, with no grouchiness towards yourself, but just go. Go to that beautiful, holy place where God is waiting for you. And see where God meets you. And now that you have heard our pro tips and received your invitation to grow, we have a blessing for the journey that Kiefer is going to do right now.
2: I don't. Do <laughs> I can't
1: bless that. Blessing in <laughs> silence was for you. Go
0: in peace.
2: <laughs> Amen. See you next week. Oh my gosh,
0: that's perfect. <laughs>
1: you can do that to me. What the heck? <laughs>